Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. A warm welcome to you all. Um, if you are regular at Rev or if this is your, your first time, you're so welcome to join us. Good to be uh, as together as we as we can be. We're currently in a in a series called Living in Tents, not living in tents. Okay, life is intense enough at the moment. Okay, it's not living in tents, it's living in tense and it's taken from a passage in hebrews um and uh, we just feel like the, like the holy spirit is leading us to think about this passage and the truths in it over this next few weeks particularly in light of our plan from the 7th of february from the first sunday of february to to break into smaller congregations on sundays of about 20 to 30 people in um uh, six different locations so the tottenham guys will be uh, going off to, to 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 meet by themselves and and obviously their future is to be a church plant so um uh, we will we will look to be sending them uh on the 7th of march praying them out where they will become a church plant in and of themselves and then there'll be five locations that the rest of us will just continue meeting not as church plants but just as what we're calling location hubs and that would be um archway nw5 holloway camden town and king's cross and we're um, we, we, we were kind of we felt stirred and motivated to do this through this scripture we felt that the Lord highlighted it to us so um, and I think what we're finding is we're just looking into this scripture delving into it week by week that there are some seriously powerful principles of what it what it means to, to follow the Lord to live by faith um, we can we can band around phrases like you know I've come you know sometimes come to faith now uh, and, and but what does it mean what does it mean to live by faith and this this scripture here really helps us so let's read it together and trust that, that the lord's going to strengthen us through it so it's hebrews chapter 11 verses 8 to 10 uh, it's going to come up uh, on the screen by faith abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going by faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it was penned by people, but inspired by your spirit. We thank you for the extraordinary amount of encouragement and teaching and training and help and equipping we've received through your scriptures over the years we just want to say thank you on an individual level as a church you've been you've blessed us so much and and, and brought the scriptures to life in our hearts we pray that you would do that this morning lord by your spirit holy spirit i depend on you to be able to do a good job this morning and lord everyone who's listening depends on you to really be able to hear what you are saying uh, and to, to for it to really take hold in the heart so we just say lord protect us protect us from um, misunderstandings strange ideas and beliefs we pray the holy spirit would lead us into truth in jesus name amen so what we're doing is we are taking little phrases from this passage week on week so we've looked at you know by faith abraham um obeyed and 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 here today we're going to look at when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance i'm going to break that down into four little chunks there and just pull out some really wonderful um, gospel truths there for us and the first thing is this idea of going out he was called 
and he, he was called to go out. Now, on one level, when you read the story of Abraham, it's just kind of obvious. It works on a very normal historical level. He, he originally was from a place called Ur of the Chaldees. And we looked at the map on week one of where, you know, they, they, there was this, there's this place called the Fertile Crescent, this huge swathe of land that sweeps north over the Arabian desert. And it goes and, and it sort of starts out in a sort of Babylonia kind of area and comes up and over and, and, and through and like Syria and all that, and then down into modern day Syria and Israel and Palestine and all of that. It's called the Fertile Crescent because it's fertile. It's not desert land. The land, um, things grow there. And so it was a very common migration, kind of a route for, for masses of people. Abraham was not the only person doing it. Many, many people uh, would have done it. And so he was called to go out. He, he had to leave where he was but actually when you when you become more and more familiar with the bible you realize there's a theme here there's a theme in this going out so for example adam and eve they were placed into the garden but the whole point was was that the, that the whole earth would be filled they would multiply and fill the whole earth they were in this lovely garden but that but there was a there was a plan that there would be a moving out obviously it all went wrong and in the end they went out because they were banished but that wasn't the original plan. The original plan is that they would go out. There was a movement outwards. Um, if we think about Noah, when, 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 when the ark uh, landed and um, they made sacrifice to God, Noah, his wife and his three sons and their wives. And then God said, right now, it was like a, a recommissioning, go and scatter and fill the, earth, fill the whole earth again. But what we read is, is that certain people came to came to a place, Babel, and, and actually instead of continuing to scatter, they, they found security within gathering and, and keeping themselves gathered together. And they ended up building this, you know, this, um, this tower. They were going to try and reach heaven with it and for their own reputation. And God had to come and, and deal with them. And what it was, was that God had said to their own descendants, go out. That's where your security will be in your obeying me as you do that. But instead they looked to gather, find safety in numbers, and, and it didn't it didn't go well. We think it again, Abraham in this story. And then fast forward right to, you know, Jesus about to after he's risen from the dead, about to send back to heaven, says to his disciples, go, go out. And it's fascinating. If you read the early years of the church, they were they were in Jerusalem and amazing things were happening. Multitudes of people were coming to know forgiveness, were coming to know Jesus Christ. And there were miracles and healings. Actually, the church was on fire, but actually it didn't go out. It was very much contained in Jerusalem. And, um, and it wasn't until there was persecution that happened that it moved the church out. And then you begin to see this missionary movement again you know even with all that god was doing there perhaps a temptation to sort of stay in there's something about going out and then in in, in the book of hebrews in chapter 13 we're going to look at this passage together it takes it even to another level if we could bring up hebrews uh, chapter 13 uh it says it says this 10 to 14 it says we have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. And here really the writer is pulling out the symbolic element, this idea of going out that to be a follower of Jesus it involves 
so being to some degree outside, to be to being to some degree an outsider. Um, there's something about a movement of being an outsider, of going out where you meet Jesus. And there's an anointing there in meeting him. But there's also suffering there. There's also difficulty there. I think the first main point I want to make about the life of faith is that it, it can be so comforting to gather. And praise God for, for the gathering. The, the part of what the church is, is God's people gathered together. But also we're a scattered people. We're not just a gathered people. We are a scattered people. And the reality is, is that the gathered element is for most of us the more comfortable. Um, we so treasure and value that that sense of gathering, being together. It feels safe. We're with others who are like minded, love Jesus. It's a blessing. I'm not I'm not criticizing it. But there's another side to the Christian life, which is going out. And, and that can mean everything from. Caring for those being having an outward perspective to those who don't yet know the Lord and and, and, and being involved in people's lives. Who may be involved in things that you think, wow, this is this is like scary stuff or I, I don't know what to do with, with this. But, you know, or maybe you yourself came out of that sort of lifestyle to know Jesus. And you think, I don't want to I don't know how, how comfortable I feel getting back involved in certain things that are going on there. Um, but there is a call to there is a call to be out. Um, there's a call to, to go outside of worldly sinful pleasures, not not to. Not to welcome them into your heart anymore, but to say, no, I'm going to I'm going to leave them, even if I am misunderstood, even if there is some reproach, some suffering in, in that. There's this outward thing. And as, as we look in this next season to, to I guess, to to scatter somewhat, um, obviously still in congregations, but a sense of moving out a bit. Just want to encourage you. It's part of the life of faith. Um, there will be elements that aren't quite the same in quotes. That's OK. That's OK. Um, we should always be expectant for God might do something that surprises us and we mustn't get into the doldrums and into a mentality of always kind of, of, of harking back, but allowing Lord to keep uh, moving us um, forward. We'll get to that in just a moment, because the next phrase is that he went out in Hebrews 11 to a place. And I just want to I just want to I just want to say something brief on this is that it was a real place. It was Canaan. It was the promised land. He went out to a place and there's something very earthy about the christian faith there's something very very spiritual about it but very earthy about it i think i think it's best summed up in the fact that jesus who we follow is fully god therefore you can't get any more spiritual than jesus okay you cannot get any more spiritual than jesus he is fully god the bible says all the all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him the bible talks about the unsearchable riches of christ you 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 cannot get to the bottom of him he is sublime in his glory and in his spiritual majesty and in his power. You cannot get more spiritual, more transcendent than him. He has been exalted to the highest place. His name is the name above, above every name. And yet forever he will be fully human. There's something very earthy about Jesus. There's something about Jesus where he calls us, he calls, he calls himself our brother, where he doesn't despise our humanity. In fact, by by incarnating in flesh and becoming human he redeems humanity so this we must never be ashamed and so when you have that grasp of who jesus is it enables you to to pursue the heights of spirituality whilst remaining normal whilst not going weird and very often when you find when people go weird they go weirdly spiritual it's because they have not understood or appreciated the humanity of jesus christ and it's so important that as we embrace the full person of christ 
uh, one person, two natures, divine and human, that it, it affects everything about the way we live. It's, it's fascinating. It sets a trajectory of how we live that, yes, we pray and we long for miracles and healings and all of that. But you know what? We get to work on time as well. We're good colleagues. We care about ourselves. We look after ourselves and, and physical things. We don't. God made the whole of physical creation. So it's very good. And that, so this life of faith has got something really earthy and concrete about it and normal about it. And we never want to we never want to lose that. In fact, the Bible says about a place. Acts, very, very important scripture. It's going to come up on the screen. Acts 17, when Paul is preaching to the Athenians who they loved. They loved to think and talk about philosophies. If anything, they were a bit over that way in terms of the spiritual. Paul says to them, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and, and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is not, he is actually not far from each one of us. Just kids keep that scripture up there for a moment. The Bible says there that God has determined allotted periods when, when we are born. And the boundaries of our dwelling place and where we live. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that. You know, I remember when we, in one of our houses, we were really happy in our house before this house, renting in London, really happy, loved it. And then suddenly the landlord decided that he wanted to move back in. And that was the end of it. And, you know, we had to move. We didn't find somewhere on time. Family of five, we were homeless for six weeks. It was a really horrible, uncomfortable period of time. And, uh, it didn't feel anything like God's leading. It didn't feel anything like God. It said, OK, you know, we're going to move you from Kentish Town to Gospel Oak now. It didn't feel spiritual. There were no prophecies. It was just inconvenient and a bit sad, to be honest. It took us a real while to settle in here and feel at home where we are now. We love it now. But it took a while. And there's that process. But it's scriptures like this where you go, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. The Bible says that God is sovereign over these things. He determines when and he determines where. And what I love about this is so that. People might seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. And as we think about moving into these location hubs, even though it's going to start off in Zoom, but it could be, hopefully, God willing, that once the vaccine kicks in, we can start to meet in person. But it may be that it's wiser initially to meet in smaller, smaller groups so we can do that in our location hubs. So I want to just encourage us to, to begin to actually, or I'm sure most of us do, but to continue to be trusting that God has put us where we are now. Why? So that people might seek him, so that people might find him, that we can shine the light of Jesus, that we can be good neighbours, that we can love our, our neighbour, as the Bible says. And actually through that, people can seek God and come to find him, to, have to, to, to allow the Lord to really put faith in our hearts for where we are, for where we live, for where we do life, for this part of London. We are a, a local church, sure, we're not kind of local onto one estate, but there's something about us being rooted here in North central London we think now God's put us here God wants us here and we love that and we rejoice in that and then we go back to Hebrews 11 back to our thing today so you know so number one there's this movement out we we mustn't fear that movement out it's a good thing <coughs> it's healthy it's good it's part of the life of faith but it involves physical places we must never be get, get too ethereal too kind of you know uh <laughs> too too weird okay it's, it's concrete physical space is good our, our neighbors were put here let's learn how to love well and love practically and it's this this phrase a place that he was to receive as an, as an inheritance is this phrase that he was to receive 
as an inheritance. Now break it down into two parts. The first thing that he was, his future tense. Abraham was called to this place that he was to receive as an inheritance. However, actually, God spoke to him when he was dwelling there and said, actually, do you know what? It's your it's it's really your it's really your descendants that are going to inherit this place. Actually, the reality is, is that you're going to end up living in a nation for 400 years um, before your descendants actually come here and inherit this place. And imagine living with that. Imagine imagine living. Imagine finding the grace in your heart and the faith in your heart to be able to give yourself somewhere, knowing that you weren't really going to enjoy it. He lived as a nomad, lived in tents. He lived as a nomad there his whole life. I'm not saying that he lived a poor man's life. It seemed that he was actually pretty affluent. He had a lot of people with him and possessions, but he didn't have any land, which was a huge deal. Even so much so that when his wife died, Sarah, he had to buy a cave off of someone so they could bury her. I mean, just for a moment, just you think, what what is going on there? Here's the point. There's something about the when God works in our lives by his Holy Spirit, where he lifts us so that we're able to see beyond just our generation, just what we will, what we ourselves will personally inherit. And he enables us to to begin to sow into generations that will come after us, to care about those who will come next, that God makes us big, he enlarges us. So, so that like Abraham, we're able to go, well, I do not know for sure what I will see in my neighbourhood in the days of my life. I know what I'd love to see. I'd love to see masses of people come to know Jesus Christ. I'd love to see the whole atmosphere of the neighbourhood change as people wake up to the gospel and see that there is a king on the throne. I'd love to see hearts made new. I'd love to walk alongside that big block of flats just opposite me there and hear praises coming from the balcony. I know what I want to see. I know what I want to I know what God can do and I know what I'm, what I'm looking for and living for and, and the very reason why I'm here. And yet there's something about the faith that God gives that enables you to say, even if I don't see that in my day, I will sow myself into this for another generation. There's something about the largest that God will bring that enables you to give yourself. But you trust the timetable to God. You trust to God who gets to enjoy. You know, you remember that there are moments, aren't there, in, in the Gospels where Jesus says to his disciples, you're reaping where others have sown. Actually, you're, you're, you, you've come along and you've not done any sowing at all. But many, many others have prophets for generations. You're seeing it now. You're, you're reaping now. The Apostle Peter talks about the prophets who they, they prophesied about the Messiah. And he says they, they knew that they knew that it, he was going to come in another generation. They knew that they, they weren't going to see it, but they, they served the generation to come. Now, hallelujah, we live in the day the Bible calls the day of salvation, which means it's God's absolutely we should be expecting harvest salvation. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I'm also saying is this is that none of us can guarantee the details of what will unfold in our generation or the next. But let's give ourselves to where God has placed us because it's all part of the huge story. And if you sow. What another generation reaps, that is part of your reward eternally. That is part of your reward. You will receive that reward in heaven. And so we, as we get over the next few weeks into this passage towards the end, it talks more and more about Abraham's eternal perspective. So I'm not going to dig into that too much now. But the main point I want to make is this, that there must be a future orientation to the genuine Christian life. 
that there's something about the Bible says that faith is being sure of what we hope for. Hope is a, it's a future word. There's something that drives us forward where you go, I know what I'm longing for. I know what I believe is in God's heart and what he's promised. And it drives you forward. But here's the thing. Even when, even when the Lord does the thing that he's promised he's going to do. Do you know what will happen in your heart? You'll go, thank you, Lord. You'll have a praise party. You'll swing from the chandeliers. You'll do high fives with other Christian brothers and sisters. And then you know what you'll find yourself doing five months late, five minutes later? You'll be praying, right, Lord, what's happening next? There's something, there's a, there's a future orientation until Jesus returns and wraps the whole thing up. There's just something about that that just drives us forward. And so to be peaceful about that and to live in that, that is the Christian life. And the final thing I want to say before um, before I wrap things up, is this whole idea of inheritance that he was to receive as an inheritance. Now, inheritance isn't something that's very central to our culture. It's not a central thing. And what you'll find is, is often even in, in, in the Christian circles, when we hear talk about being sons of God um, and God being our father, we don't actually very, we very rarely talk about inheritance in that same breath have you noticed that it's because it's not central to our culture it's totally central to biblical culture completely central to biblical culture this idea that if you are a son that you are an heir which is why both men and women believers are called sons because we are all heirs because whether you're a man or a woman if you're in christ you are an heir let me read you a passage from romans 8 it's going to come up on the screen it says for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, we normally end there and we all go hallelujah and we sing songs, but read on. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, in biblical times, here's what would happen. The firstborn son would get a double portion of the inheritance. The firstborn son would get a double portion. OK, now, have you noticed as you've been reading your Bible that Jesus is often referred to as the firstborn, the firstborn of all creation, the firstborn from the dead. He is the firstborn. He is the first fruits. And so obviously his inheritance is unique. He has done it. He has won the victory. He has taken on all of our enemies. He's taken on Satan, sin and death. He's taken them all on at the cross and has completely beaten them. He has done it. He is our true King David. It's like, remember the story of David where he kills Goliath and then in that moment suddenly all of the army of Israel rise up and they chase out the Philistines. Why? Because the victory has been won. Suddenly the real enemy has been defeated. Jesus is like our King David. He's beaten the enemy at the cross. He has done it. This is the good news. I love the good news. I love the gospel. You think about any other religion or belief system in the world, it's telling you what to do or what not to do or to do this more or to empty yourself. It's, it's, not, it's not a proclamation of good news. Let me tell you the good news. God has done it. God has done it in the Lord Jesus Christ. We were utterly helpless, completely lost, 100% needy. We, we, we could not have found anything within ourselves to make ourselves right with God. But God, because of his great love, gave his one and only son to, to live for us, to die for us, to be raised from the dead, to be ascended. And now he is Lord and he, he wants to be our Lord and he wants to be our king and he wants to be our savior, our deliverer, our brother. Hallelujah. God has done it. God has done it. And so through simple trusting faith, through simple faith, believing 
this message with your whole heart, you know what? You get born again and you're never, ever the same person. You become a son of God and you become an heir with him. We get wrapped up in this. Abraham knew there's an inheritance. There's an inheritance for him. There's an inheritance for us. Well, what is this inheritance? Well, it's crazy. It's crazy. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, they'll inherit the earth. <laughs> it's not just a little strip of land in the Middle East. That was pointing to, to the fulfillment. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. In 1 Corinthians 3, you've got these Corinthians arguing about petty things. And listen to what he says to them. He says, all things are yours. You're arguing about petty things. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are Christ's and Christ is God's. Because if you are in Christ, you're a son. You're an heir. You haven't got to get worked up about your, 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 your future. Your future is safe. Your future is secure. You are, along with Christ, you are going to inherit the nations. The Bible says that we will judge the world. We will judge angels. It's a glorious future that we have ahead of us. There will be more of this in, in the coming weeks as we think about eternity. But I wanted just to say, listen, you receive inheritance as a son. It's, it's something that's given to you by virtue of the fact you're in the family. It's not something that you earn. It's, it comes to you. Now, it's interesting, Paul says, isn't he, in that Romans passage, if indeed we suffer with him, which takes us back to the Hebrews 13, we go out. The, the Christian life is not a life of natural fleshly ease. There is much battle. There is much trial. There's a, there's a lot to endure. That's the reality of it. That's why Paul says to Timothy, endure suffering, endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And we mustn't, be, we mustn't become overwhelmed by that because the Bible promises that God will give us armour to fight. God will give us grace so that we have all we need for life and godliness. The faith is put in us, enables us to hold on to God through all the difficulties. But there's a, there's a reality check there where we go, this my friends, is a pilgrimage. This is uh, an extraordinary journey. And I want to just end on one, a couple of verses from one of the Psalms. It won't come up on your screen. I was only reminded of it this morning as I was thinking about, um, last night even, as I was thinking about the sermon today. It's just beautiful. Psalm 84. Please listen to these words. We're going to end with these words for your encouragement. Listen, if you're here today and, and you, you, you don't personally know Jesus, you know what? He's made a way. He's made a way. So if you will come to the cross and just lay down, lay, lay it all down, you know, your, your own will, all your stuff, the, the, the junk, the darkness, just embrace him, simple faith, embrace him as Lord. I tell you, you it's, he, will, <laughs> he will save you and you will know it. <laughs> he will save you and you, I'm not the same. He will say, I know I, it's come into my life. All who call on his name will be saved. Bible says, listen to these verses, this is to my brothers and sisters, those of you who are following Jesus, it says this, Psalm 84 verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in youth, in whose heart are the highways, and the ESV says the highways to Zion, that's not in the original language, in whose heart are the highways, other translations say whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, you said no I'm following Christ, that's what I'm about, blessed are those whose strength are in you and whose heart are the highways, their heart is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following. 
as they go through the valley of Baca, Baca means tears, that's what it means, as they go through the, the valley of tears, because you will from time to time, there will be seasons where your heart is heavy, there will be seasons where you think what's going on, there will be seasons where you're confused, fed up, frustrated, there will be, okay, you're human, it's hard sometimes, as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, so this dry old valley and they're crying. But what they don't realise is that as their tears are dropping on the floor, they're turning into springs. <laughs> what an amazing picture. They, you think, this, what, God, what's going on? And then you look behind you and you say, man, there's just this life behind me springing up. How did that happen? All I was doing was crying. Yeah, but you were crying on the highway of the Lord. That's the difference. Everyone cries, but you were crying on the highway of the Lord. You were crying while you were following him. It changes everything completely changes everything they make it a place of springs the early rain also covers it with pools listen to this they go from strength to strength that's a promise right there they go from strength to strength surely on the way they feel utterly weak at times and totally aware of their dependence on god but the whole time as they're walking in that dynamic they are going from strength to strength each one appears before God in Zion. Hallelujah. Each one appears before God in Zion. He has started the work. He will complete it. Let's just continue to embrace him and not allow uh, ourselves to be overwhelmed by the pressures, the negativity, the lies. Let's continue to encourage one another, build one another. I'm going to ask you to do just, I just, it's, I love, I love doing this, but, you know, I, I just want to, Jack's going to lead us in a song in just a moment. But before he does that, I wanted to just take again just three minutes or so, encourage a couple of people on the chat.